So I was supposed to preach today, but I found somebody a lot better. They came all the way from Joss, Nigeria. Missed two nights of sleep this week. Um, flew in that devilish tube coming here. It's, it's a hard trip, isn't it, Mama? It's a hard trip, Ben. We're so glad you guys are here. Uh, they're here to, Ben's going to have a checkup. Uh, he had stage four cancer twice. And as far as we know, he has no cancer in his body. There's a cool new test. Amen. There's a cool new uh, diagnostic test called Signatura, which is kind of a quantum leap and being able to detect cancer cells. So he's going to have that test after we go to the College of Bishops. But mainly, I want you guys to hear from people that have lived in a place of real persecution. Like in maybe one week, he lost almost 100 churches in 1987 burned to the ground. Their house burned to the ground. Mama's been assaulted in the most terrible ways. Ben has had a gun put to his head, et cetera, et cetera. But in the midst of that, they didn't become victims. They actually uh, opened their home for countless kids. I think right now it's around 74, but within a year it should be four to 500 kids. Um, and we're excited to be part of that. So without further ado, Archbishop Ben, Mama Gloria, all you, babe. Thank you. I, have I turned it on? No? I don't think so. <laughs> yes. Am I on? Yeah. What about mine? Can you hear me now? Okay. Try now. Okay. Better? But, you know, in the first service, this, this clock wasn't working. Now that's working, I don't know what we'll do, Gloria. You know, we, the Lord shall help us. I think he would. <laughs> but we, we thank you. We thank you, brothers and sisters, Holy Spirit. You're an amazing people. One of the things I learned was that when, when we were sick and I got to the point where I was going to be, be complaining and I could hear a voice say to me that, do you realize people are praying for you every day? And, and it would seem that my, my name and Gloria's names are before the Lord 24-7. And you could almost wish that the disease should continue so that our names will continue in heaven. But God has okay. a better idea. He answered your prayers. So we, we, we're very happy Thank to be here. And while here, the Lord spoke to us many things. And I'm so glad that we're back again to say thank you. Thank you so much, friends. Uh, I feel I belong here because um, while we were sick, um, Quig and Annette would travel out and they would come back and they would travel and come back. So we felt like the landlords. And they're the tenants. Of course, without the mortgage on our head. So they're on their own on that. But we're very happy to be back. And Gloria and I are, are so grateful to be here. And she's the main event, actually, this morning. I'm like, you know, <laughs> buy one, get one free. So I'm the, I'm the backup. <laughs> she's, 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 she's ready to go. Are you? <laughs> well, people of God, let us pray. Mm. Father, we thank you 
for the entrance of your word brings life. We pray that as we speak to your people, your Holy Spirit will do your work in our hearts as we speak and in the hearts of your people as they listen to us, that together, O oh God, we will hear you speak to our situations and that we will leave this place blessed more than we have come. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm going to give an introduction to the, reading, the readings that we have just heard. And Ben said, I'm the main person. Um, I want to say that I am just doing an introduction and Ben is going to finish the race. <laughs> so it's good that we're doing this together. Um, we, the, the, the songs, the worship was just up. It was very good. It reminded me of what we do at home and well, we have come, we've been asked to bring encouragement to you on how to serve the Lord, how to just take your faith in the midst of suffering, in the midst of persecution. And I, I, I asked myself, am I really able to teach people how to follow the Lord in the midst of persecution? Uh, but God has helped me. Um, I'm not going to dwell on my experience, but to encourage you with the encouragement I have received myself. Because I don't want you to be mistaken that persecution is only when people are chased out of their houses, when people are killed, when people are going through the sufferings we are going through. But for you to understand that even you, as you are seated here, as a child of God, you may be going through persecution. And I'm sure when it gets to Ben, he will bring out some of those things that we need to know to uh, hold to our faith in spite of anything that is happening. So we'll just be sharing that. But I want to bring the, the, the worship part that we got from the psalm. Uh, psalm 100 uh, brings that coming before the Lord with thanksgivings, knowing who we are in him, knowing that we are his people. He is the one that made us. If we know that, we, we cannot but just trust him and praise him and worship him. And I just said, I was in my thinking, I was thinking, of the, the culture I come from, um, not talking about Africa as a whole, but where I come from in Nigeria. Um, we bow to, to, to give respect, and that is what we teach children. If you meet our children and they, they greet, they greet bowing, and that is what they have learned. It's not really to worship a human being, but it's a sense that we learn you know, to give respect. When somebody learns to give respect, uh, honoring God will not be a difficult thing because you know that God 
is above everything. And I'm so happy that that came at the opening of the, the service, the opening reading. Um, it's a good reminder for us. But then I was looking at the reading, at the gospel reading. Um, to me, I felt that that reading was also bringing to me to, to know that what everybody needs is the good news. Good news is not only for unbelievers. Good news is not only for the poor, but good news is also for the rich. And I was thinking, everybody here, I myself, I need to hear good news. But what is that good news? When Jesus went about preaching the good news, he went to towns and villages preaching the good news. But what was that good news? It's not just telling nice stories for people to laugh or something to soothe in your heart, but it was the good news of the kingdom of God. The good news of the rule of God was what Jesus was concerned about. And that really spoke to me uh, to remind me that the only thing that keeps me in the place of suffering, in the place of persecution, and in everything that happens, that thing that keeps me is that power from the word of God, what Jesus came to do, that rule of God. When I remember that rule of God in my life, after I've given my life to Jesus Christ, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, and just looking up, to, that is what gives me the strength. And I thought, what do I bring from where I'm coming from to give to you? Your situation is different. Mine is different. But there is one thing that is common to all of us. That good news is common to all. The poor needs it. Those who are suffering need the good news of the kingdom of God, the rule of God. How God expects us to live. How God expects us to react to things. How God expects us just to be in this world is the same everywhere. Yours may be different. Your response to it may be different. But for me, in my place of suffering, when I remember that this suffering has a limited time, I have been brought here for a purpose. Until that purpose is done and done with, there is nothing suffering can do to me. It is just the body that will suffer. It may be the mind that will suffer. But I know there is hope. And that hope is what keeps me. It is that hope that I'm bringing that maybe somebody that is going through a different suffering that may not be the same as mine will also receive that encouragement and comfort that trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ is the key that we all need. Because he himself, knowing what he was going to go through, did not bother himself about it. So I say, focus not on your suffering, but focus on the root of your faith. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he can do for you. That is all I bring to us this morning. Ben, over to you. You sure I can take it from here? <laughs> can I carry on? You can take it from there, I'm sure. Well, I'm 
you know, the, 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 when we're discussing this with Gloria, one of the things I thought we should know, and this is for all Christians, whether you're in America, Nigeria, Sudan, Afghanistan, anywhere you are, is first of all to know what Jesus said. He didn't hide his agenda. He himself knew he was going to head to the cross. The cross was inevitable. So he said to his disciples in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if you are going to be my disciples, if you want to be my disciples, if you are going to ever be my disciples and follow me, then you must take up your cross and follow me. Never forget that. Never ever forget that. That is the mark, actually the hallmark of discipleship. Your choice and willingness to take up the cross. I'm not talking about somebody says to you, you're stupid, and you get angry and you get on the phone. Hey, somebody just said, I'm stupid just now. I don't think I'm going to take it anymore. Excuse me, that's not a cross. That's just some discussion around. The cross is a decision you make in your heart that you want to follow Jesus. That puts you in the line of suffering, of great trauma, of great suffering of all kinds. People are going to hate you. They're going to lie against you. They're going to slander you. You're going to feel real bad. But like Gloria said, you look up and say, thank you, Jesus. It's not easy. But you know, the good news is this. Jesus himself said that I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So it doesn't matter the condition that people put you on in the line of suffering for the gospel. And bear in mind, it has to be for the gospel. Because in this life, we will suffer anyway. But it's better if it is for the gospel's sake. So Jesus says, my disciples must take up their cross every day and follow me. Remember that. Don't forget that. That's number one. Number two, what Christians need to learn to face suffering is that we must look at the example of Jesus. In the gospel read to us today, his time was short. So he's got to go to towns and cities and villages proclaiming the gospel. The gospel is the good news. The great, great good news that Jesus came into the world, died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sins, dumped them in the, gro- in the grave, left all my iniquities in the grave, left Satan there, left hell there, and opened the gates of death and set me free so that I, believing in Jesus, can no longer head on to hell. My direction has changed. I am heading to heaven. Now, if I know that I'm going to heaven, nothing in this world matters anymore. Not the buildings, not the property, not the wealth, not the suffering, nothing. That is what we need to always learn. And it's a process. By sitting in Bible studies, 
by sitting in Sunday school, by coming to church, by taking notes in sermons, by daily devotions, we will get there. But thirdly, what we need to do when we get the good news is to share it. We need to share it. Because Jesus said to the disciples, these are the ones who are taking their cross and following him. These are the ones who now know that they are heading to heaven. They have a clear direction in this life and they know where they will end. Jesus said to them, I'm sending you into the world like lambs among wolves. He's not an absentee God. He's present. But he's sending us and he will walk with us. And he's not sending us like sheep. He's sending us like lambs among wolves. And you know, lambs don't even know the danger of who wolves are. They just are walking along. They couldn't be bothered. That's how Jesus wants us to be in the world. Just go on. Just, just, he will, because he's, go, he's either he protects you or you're dead. That's, that's the only option. <laughs> and we have his assurance that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, will he abandon us? No. If we walk through the fires, will he abandon us? No. Through the waters, they will not overwhelm us. So we have an assurance of God's presence that's sending us into a world of wolves. You're going to think that because we face guns in, with Fulani herdsmen and killers and abductors and kidnappers, and that's terrible. That's terrible. Yes, it is terrible. But what's even more terrible is that the world has brought its guns and knives and terror now in our phones. It's now even worse. It's in our computers. You just turn on the computer and there is pornography. You turn on the computer, oh, that somebody's changing your lifestyle. You don't have to believe in this God anymore. Now they're even proud of it. They say, God is dead. And you know, they cast the doubts in our minds. Our children are in trouble. Our grandchildren are even more trouble. Because they have these phones and they're unsoliciting for these things and it comes at their face. The wolves are there. Tending, tell, casting doubt. You're not a boy anymore. You're a girl. Think about it. You're not a girl anymore. You're a boy. I mean, these doubts are just there. And science has gone to go, my goodness me, if you follow science now, I doubt that you believe in God anymore. But as if they had discovered new things, they're not discovering anything. It's there in the Bible. But the wolves are making us move away from Scripture so that they can have us. That's the purpose of a wolf. Get you out where he can slay easily, cheap. They're going for the blood. But finally, I'd like to leave us with three things that we need from the gospel read today. The first one is this. Jesus' assurance is that there's no part-time Christianity. And please get out of Christianity as a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ himself. And he shows us the example. He goes to towns and villages. He goes to the poor, to the rich, to everybody. Doing what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The rule of God. The authority of God. The glory of God. Being present wherever a child of God is. You bring joy. You bring peace. You bring all that the gospel brings. Right there. Because Jesus, the kingdom of God, the gospel of God, 
is in operation in your life. So we see Jesus going towns and villages. It's not just being in the cities. Everywhere. There's no part-time following of Jesus. Everywhere. Every time. But secondly, verse 36, Jesus, we see he sees the crowds. And what does he see? His heart beats with compassion. Compassion is the heart of passion. It's the secret of action. No one man or woman who has compassion sits down idly. No, something has got to be done. I was telling them in the 8 o'clock service that the graves of some of those missionaries are there in Jaws with me. Dr. Miller, who taught my father in 1926, he came to Nigeria in 1901 when there was no police, no custom, no government. A medical doctor, a surgeon, 1901, gave up his practice for the sake of the gospel. And he had this young converts to Christ. Um, about a dozen of them. My father was one of them of the second set. Some Fulani, some Kanuri, some young people. He gave them the gospel. And he died. His grave is there. At a time when there was no money to support any missionary. Yet he came out and died. Fox's brothers, in my own village, one of, their, one of them, their graves is there. Also a doctor. And the older brother, a lecturer in Melville Hall, Cambridge. They died. They were now for the gospel. And they died. If I ask you to come to Joss, the first thing you say, is it safe? <laughs> Where is safe? Where is safety, my friend? Safety is only in God. My wife and I, here, during your prayers, your prayers are dangerous, by the way. No, true. I, I told Quig, I said, the prayers of your church are dangerous. It was here, in my first cancer, that the Lord showed us, we will leave Joss. By the second time, I heard the second time, we were to resign being bishop and take on this ministry full time in a land that God had given to me, way out in Tambes Nyapanshin. It's a wilderness. And people are asking, is it safe? I say, where else is safe? But we believe that's where God wants us to move to now from September this year. We're just beginning to build and we will get there. Why? Because, verse 38, we're totally dependent on God. Because Jesus himself said, you know what? The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. You pray. My, if you understand that. This is a relationship with God where he has assured us this is the one thing he, we will do and he will answer. Pray. You may not be able to go to Panshin, but you pray. You may not be able to go to Joss, but you pray. You may not be able to go to Cambodia or Singapore or anywhere, but you pray that the Lord sends laborers into his harvest and he will answer that prayer. A prayer that you know your God loves you and that you have a relationship with him and that you can talk to him. I'm a child of God. Just say, Daddy, I want this. And it will, this particular one, he will answer. This particular one, he will. That's why we're here. Otherwise, who would come to America? You tell me. 
Gunshots everywhere. <laughs> I love my life too. <laughs> but the Lord said, go. And we came and we're here. And so will we. Children of God, don't forget this. Don't forget this. What you need to know, what you need to learn, what you need to do. Because we have an assurance of God being with us. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads and let's pray. It's a prayer of commitment this moment. I don't know what the Lord has spoken to your hearts that we've shared with you. But you may choose to make your own prayer how the Lord is guiding you now by his spirit. He who loves his life wants to keep it, would lose it. But he who loses his life and keeps it with God will save his life unto eternity. Lord Jesus, we are helpless without you. We're asking that this moment, this day, you will not just challenge us, but you will cause our hearts to be compassionate. We're asking for your Holy Spirit to make us daily children of God, Christians with no off time, no time out. And that depending on you, you will use each one of us here, to participate in eternal things that will bring life to other people and salvation to many. Lord, grant us this, that we'll not look at our sufferings and pains, but we'll look up to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Grant our requests, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.